Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to the I Fell Podcast. I'm your host and creator, Shay Ruff, also known as Wisdom by 30 author and owner. What is this podcast about? This podcast is a space where failure is welcome. Our guests and myself will be sharing our failed moments to help you get through yours and be set free from regret. So grab your favorite snacks, drink, friend, while we get free together. Hey everybody, welcome back to the IFL podcast. I am your host and creator, Shay Ruff, and I thank you guys for being with us and continuously being with us. You have been rolling with us since May 3rd, and I so appreciate every one of you. Today, we are talking about failing at planning for the future. So I need you to get your notepad out. I need you to get your iPhone, your your Android, whatever it is to take notes, because this is going to be a good one. Today, I have Centurio Greer, and he is here to to discuss his journey so far as um, planning for the future. He is the co-owner of J&G Legacy in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's born and raised there. And so, Centurio, I want to thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you, sir. So we don't take long. We jump right into the. the okay. So planning for the future, what it will, and what does that look like to you? Say it again. What does what does it look uh, like for me? Planning for the future looks like for you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm married with three children, so. My future always includes them. Um, and, and you know, I'm a simple person, you know, as long as I got some good food, you know, as long as I can watch some sports and, and exercise, that's all I need. But, you know, when, when you, you know, I think about my kids, you know, college is important. Um, I'm not going to be the parent that's going to try to fund 100% of their right. college expenses, right? We're not going to play those games, but but I am going to give them a head start. And um, I think, you know, student loans is, is a pandemic in itself. So uh, if I can help my children, yeah. Right. If, uh, if I can help my children by relieving some of that pressure, that's great. And then of course, you know, me and my wife, um, just making sure that whatever, whatever our retirement, you know, I believe our retirement will be here in Charlotte, just making sure that we're comfortable. You know, um, peace of mind, you know, she's whatever she needs. She's got it. Whatever I need, I got it. And she's happy at the end of the day. That's pretty much all we need. So awesome. So with that in mind, in what way did you realize that you were not being so successful in planning for the future? Yeah, great question. And, and even, you know, doing this for a living I call it the Superman syndrome yes. where you, you're saving everybody else. And sometimes you forget to look at your own stuff. So, you know, as, as our income has increased over the years, sometimes it's easy to, it's not that you, you splurge and buy more things, mm-hmm. but 
as you have children, as you get married, as you, you know, start your business and, and you start building more expenses on your plate, you can, if you're not careful, um, you can look at your expenses and that number gets a little too high. You yeah. know, so, so one thing, yeah, yeah. One thing I can say is uh, I wish I had a kept better track of what my outflow was. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as my as more money was coming in, I didn't change my lifestyle per se, but life changed. So you you, you add two more children, you get married, you want to do, you know, remodeling to your home. You uh, you start a business and you have to hire staff and, yeah. you know, a lot of those things piled up. And I didn't realize, wow, I've tripled my expenses. Um and just wish I was a little more conscious of that. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing I would say. Yeah. So for me, being um, an entrepreneur, what hit me the hardest was, oh, snap, I need a team. I need a staff. Mm. I need somebody that can help me run the day to day. And so when it came to that, I was like, where is my cash flow? Like what happened to it? Right. And yeah. so the hardest thing for me was just like you is looking at, okay, where did I spend this? How did I spend this? Why did I spend this? And why am I in such of a pickle that I can't um, hire the team that I need? So it became very um, character building. <laughs> to say yeah, yeah. and it became very uh like yeah you got to get it together because this is not <laughs> this is not gonna work so um thank you for speaking about that so far as an entrepreneur because that is true like you can be a business a solopreneur for so long and then you get the blessings of the the cycle of clients and then you don't have the capacity to withhold the blessings that are coming. So that's very important. Yeah. And, and then also as, um, as a wife, <laughs> as a wife, it is, um, I realized that we hadn't changed either because we were still like, even after getting married, we still were in dating mode. So, you know, in mm -hmm. dating mode, you still going out to eat, you still loving on each other and all this other stuff. And I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> we can't, we can't do that no more. <laughs> we can't do that at all. So it's just an eye opening moment when you can sit down and look at a budget and be like, oh, yeah, we got to cut out all of this other stuff. So mm -hmm. when you realize that, how old were you when you figured it out that you were heading down the wrong road? of planning for the future. Yeah. <clears throat> um that's a great question. How old was I? Oof. <laughs> well I, I can say I really became aware was probably um my my baby boy, excuse me, my oldest son, he's six. And he might have been he was he wasn't one years old. He was maybe four months, five months. So, okay. so this was five, five and a half years ago. And, um, I'll never forget. This was probably the moment where, you know, I had one of those, everything got quiet, you know what I'm saying? Shared a couple of tears. It was one of those moments where, um, I was, business was slow and I was also trying to acquire more licenses so that I can do more business. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, taking a couple of months off, 
and we had just had our our oldest son. And I never forget, you know, you go to the gas station, you put your 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 debit card in the in the in the little slot, and if you don't have a certain amount of money on your on your card, it'll tell you to go inside and see the cashier. Right. Right. And and I think I had, I don't know, I think I might have had fifty dollars or something in the account. And so anyway, my, my baby boy was in the car and he was sleeping. And I was just like, man, I don't, you know, to get a, a sleeping baby out of the car seat in the cold, I'm like, okay, no I'm gonna run in, pay, come right back. And uh, you know, 30 seconds, ran in, came right back. But by the time I got back, he was in the car screaming. Uh, he was fine, but he was he he must have woke up and he didn't see me. Right. And so he was just just crying and crying. And, you know, of course, you know, he was fine. I, you know, opened the door or whatever. He stopped crying when he saw me. But that was the moment where I just I was like the fact that I had to leave him in the car for even those 30 seconds to go inside to pay just because I didn't have enough money on my car to swipe right here at the pump. Mm-hmm. That broke me. That broke me down. Wow. Um, and and that was, you know, that's where I just said, okay, this won't happen to me again. I'm not saying that I won't have challenges. Right. I won't have money challenges, but it won't be a problem that I would consider, you know, like, you know, that that's not a big money problem, right? You know, it's not yeah. like you're trying to acquire a property or, you know, this is something like, dude, you don't even have, Money to put gas in the car. I like yeah, this will never happen yeah, to me. So that was about five years ago. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Because huh, the necessity part is very important. Because I know Cat Williams, you know, joked about, did I eat today? Or do I put gas in the car? Or do I go, go get something from the dollar menu or whatever the case is? And while we're laughing and joking about that, it's really like something that most of us have experienced because it's days that I was like, I'm just not going to eat. I'm going to just pay all my bills in advance and overpay my bills because I don't want to go through the fact of disconnection or anything like that. But in the the interim, I'm thinking that, okay, well, I'm ahead of the curve, but I'm really like tearing my body up. Like I'm really not being conscious about, um, about my health and my well-being. I'm working so hard to pay these people off that I don't, I don't take care of me. There's no self-care there. So that, um, that is a pivotal moment to be at the gas pump. And the intensity of it is seeing your child cry. Anybody who's a parent, man, anybody who is a parent, if you ever see your child cry in the middle of anything, it's like, it's the worst feeling in the world. Like, it's kind of hard to describe, but it is the worst feeling in the world. So that happened five years ago to you, right? So yep. what what lesson did you learn or how many lessons did you learn within that one pivotal moment? <laughs> uh, well, I, I learned the importance of um, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. And what I mean by that is, I, I backtracked to say, okay, what made business slow down, and and what hurdles did I hit that I could have avoided if I had have prepared or done things differently early on in my career, and uh, and so I started going back and I realized 
some of the the learning and the licenses and the credentials I was trying to add, I should have done that three, four years ago. But because yeah. I kept kicking the can down the street, eventually I got to a point where I had to address it. And it just so happens that when I had to address it, that's when we also added another child to the home. And like a, a few other things kind of happened in that same year to where it was a lot to, to take on and it was a lot to carry. Um, and uh, so I learned to, to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I also just learned the importance of, of having savings because um, you just never know. Uh, when you're a business owner, when you, you know, self-employed, however you want to describe it, you, you've got to have savings because if business slows down for whatever, I mean, look at COVID. How many small businesses have been impacted by COVID, right? So I, I definitely learned that as well, just having savings. Um, and it just lit a fire under me. You know, I'm, I'm the type, when I have those moments, you know, I turn into a different animal. And uh, I thank <laughs> I God for it. Yeah, yeah, I thank God for that moment. Um, thank God for my wife because she held it down during those moments. And and that's another thing that I learned, just the importance of, of a true companion and what it means to sometimes, you know, I use the analogy of sports. Sometimes my game might not be on that night. You know what I mean? But I need a, a, I need somebody else that can get some points, that can score. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I gained a, a completely different respect for her and just the importance of of having a companion and having a, a spouse and what what teamwork really really looks like and and it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to admit I ain't got it right now or I'm working yeah. or I'm trying it's it's okay to admit it you know um, which is hard especially for a man that's that's very difficult um, so yeah but I, I learned a lot so. I got two things I want to touch on that you said. So one is savings and the other is companionship. So mm. which one you want to do first? Cause we got to dive in on those. <laughs> uh, we, well, oof. let's get into it. Let's do companion. Go ahead. Let's, let's. All let's right. So companionship in regards to planning for the future financially. When you mm -hmm. and your wife got married, did you guys discuss finances? What do you bring to the table? What did you guys have that conversation? We we did as far as yeah, what we bring into the table, but but we did not we didn't com continue to communicate, right? Because you know, when you talk about finances, that's a revolving door that, that you, know, yeah. you know. So, yeah, we talked about it. And then I, I would kind of say, here's here's the game plan. Here's what we want to do. And then we say, OK, ready, break. And then we would go. But we never came back to the huddle. Now, you know, not as much as we should have. Yeah. And, um, and that's just important because part of a companion. Yeah, that person can be there when you need them. But the other thing is it just requires so much communication. Um, and I'm going to be honest, that's a tough thing for men to do. <laughs> I mean, you well, know, thank we you for your honesty. <laughs> listen, we do not wake up in the morning and want to talk. 
that's just, you know, that's just not what we do. But I just I understand how important that is. So um, you've got to communicate. And uh, because I, I, I there were situations where, you know, she might say, well, babe, you know, I think we should we should buy this or we should make this move. And I would say, well, this isn't a good time. And we would get into an argument and she would say, I don't understand why not. And then I would give her reasons why. And she was like, well, I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know you were dealing with that. I didn't know this was going on in the business. So this was, I, I didn't know. She was like, you never told me. And in my mind, it clicked like, okay, she doesn't know. She, she's just, you know, and because men are very, at least me, I am very, uh, I don't get high, I don't get low. I'm, I'm okay. the same every day. So I can be having a great day and be here. I can be having a horrible day and be here. So I carry stress and you won't know that I'm stressing. So mm -hmm. she's coming to me thinking everything's fine. Like, hey, babe, let's do this. Let's do that. And underneath, I'm a volcano waiting to erupt. Yeah. <laughs> then I blow up. And, and she's like, well, I didn't know it. And that's on me. So, yeah. Oh, so you know what? I know, <laughs> you called a lot of us out. No, no, no. Because whether you male or female, because here's the thing. I'm the same way. I will post through everything, right? And I will save face just to one, keep the peace. And then two, to make sure that that energy does not transfer in my household. Because here's the thing, I'm a parent too. So if I'm feeling the way, my children is going to feel that. And so I have to, I, I'm really compartmentalizing. That's yeah. exactly what, what I'm yeah. doing. And so yeah. it's, it's not male or female type thing. It's just that we do that. We we typically do that, especially if we feel like we're protecting our family from our crazy day to day. And so it's for my husband, it's the same thing. And I'll be like, oh, it's fine. It's OK. It went OK or whatever the case is. And that's not. <laughs> that's not what happened. So he's having this conversation with me like everything is all good. And I'm like you said, I am a volcano just waiting to erupt. So yeah, that thank you for speaking to that. Cause that was that needed to be spoken. So again, Centario, thank you again for um speaking to that because we do um a lot of us do that and we we're we're just we're not okay at communicating. So that was a very honest moment for you to say. And then um, in regards to that, so now that you notice that within you and you notice that within um, your marriage, what did you guys do to change that? So again, one of those moments where I have to give my wife credit is she started to notice trends and when I would be easily agitated or upset, you know, and, and she could, she started to connect it to certain, certain pet peeves of mine. And okay. so she was the person to sit me down and say, babe, do you understand that when this is going on, this is how you react. Ooh. Right. Wow. And um, I was like, I did not. And then I started to, to put, you know, two and two together. And I was like, 
yeah, that does make sense. So it at least helped me to be more aware. So in the Mm -hmm. moment, it's hard in the moment, but to identify in that moment, bro, you tripping. (laughs) Okay. You tripping. Woosah. This is one of those moments. And even though you're frustrated, you got one or two options. You can explain what's why you're feeling this way and whatever mm-hmm. you've been carrying and didn't tell her prior to right. go ahead and let her know now or stop tripping. Right. <laughs> and you should probably go ahead and explain this is what's going on. Here's what's got me this way because now she can at least understand. Cause even yeah. if I stop tripping and I say, well, all right, just collect, collect yourself and, and move on. She still doesn't understand that there's something bothering me. And, and so, it, you know, again, communicating is not something that I think comes natural to men. Uh, and I know you say it's not a gender thing, but, <laughs> you know, at least for I would say for alpha type guys, we don't, you know, we just deal with stuff. You know, when you play yeah. sport, you deal with stuff. You, you know, I play football. You throw interception, you just go to the sideline, figure out what you did wrong and just go back. You, yeah. you can't, you know, you don't talk about feelings, but you, you got to, you got to. So let me ask you this. Okay. How important was it for you to make sure that you chose someone that could be a companion and understand how you are and how you operate? Mm. Well, that's that's the Great question. I mean, man, life is hard enough as it is. Um, I truly believe that, you know, single parent households, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the black community, single parent households, nine out of 10 times, it's the women that are the single parents, nine out of 10 times. And and the effects that has on the children, all of that, we ain't even going to go down that road. But, but, I would say the importance of choosing someone that you work well with is because the alternative is either being single or being in a toxic situation or someone that you cannot work well with and connect with. And you you know, I'm not going to say you can't win that way, but you definitely won't be the best version of yourself. Your family won't be the best version of itself. You know, it, it, it impacts everything, everything. Hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I would just say from a, if I had to break it down and, and keep it super simple. Um, if you want to win, you know, and, and, and what's the, you know, what's that old saying? Work smart, not hard. Yeah. Win by yourself, or you might be able to overcome adversity with the wrong companion. But it's going to be a whole lot harder of a of a race. So, you know, I, I don't need any more difficulty in my life. <laughs> I need peace. <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want peace, and uh, yes. that's what that that's what your spouse should bring. You know. So, I hope that makes sense. I don't want to, you know. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. What you said was very impactful because when we're so we all want peace, right? There's something 
I don't care who you are. At some point in your life, you want some type of peace. Yeah. And when you're looking for companionship, it's important that you are able to um, discern um, if that peace can continue if you add this person to the mix or if you bring this person into your space. Because here's the thing. If I don't have peace where I'm at, either I'm going to be fist fighting to get it. Or I'm gonna toss everything out. That's just the that's just the truth. People included or whatever. So that's very important um, that you said that. So now we're gonna pivot. We're gonna talk about savings. So when it comes to savings, talk to us about what steps did you take individually, and what state uh, steps did you take together so far as savings? Yeah. Well, I mean, so you know, we definitely started to just communicate more about money and we would have, uh, and we still know the code, you know, fortunately the, the definition of the code has changed now, but we, you know, we would say code red and code red means, listen, um, we got, a, we got enough to get us to, to the, 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 the next point, right. Or the next paycheck or for That's me, good. business has, been somewhat slow or mm-hmm. some I kind of ran into some hiccups, right? Anytime yeah. you're in business, stuff happens that's completely out of your control. And so I would say, you know, babe, it's cold red for the next week or whatever, the next three days or whatever. And she, you know, she would begin to understand that means there's money coming, but when you're in when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes the money doesn't it's not every two weeks like a regular job. So yes. You might have a month where you do two thousand dollars. You might have a month where you do ten. Yeah. So it's just you know me. Yeah. So me just communicating is cold red, and then they let her know. All right, um, I can't go out and do everything I want to do. Let me you know let me sit down somewhere. Um, the other thing is we began to put savings in a separate account from our regular checking. So when I say a separate account, a separate bank. Good. Because what I realize is, you know, if, if I can swipe on my phone and put it from savings to checkings, too easily, you won't keep the money in there. So, yeah. uh, so that's how we started to save, at least as far as like, uh, you know, short term cash. We would we just now put money in a separate savings account and. You know, we were able to save more than we ever did up to that point because of that. Yeah. So that's good because for me, what I did was I ended up opening a savings account with a credit union that I did not have immediate access to in order for me to um, to withdraw money. I literally would have to get in my car and drive like 30 miles one way just to go and get the money. So I started doing that with myself because I was like, uh, just like you, if I could swipe and just do a quick transfer or whatever, it's, you know, it's not going to work out. So I made sure that I was intentional on doing that. And it forced me to change my habits. So if you know yourself to a certain extent, 
or whatever, and you know how you kind of operate, that option is really good. Also, um, I also opened a savings account online with an online um, bank. So again, there are no banks physically where I live. Um, It's not a quick transfer because I have to wait seven to 10 business days to get the money anyway. And by then so much has changed so far as the situation or whatever that I don't even need it anymore. So um, that was a good um, uh, thing to put in because that can help a lot of people with discipline. So when it comes to savings with between you and your wife, I know you said cold red is your thing, which is which I love because that's a great cold word. <laughs> cold red <laughs> situation. So do you guys sit down monthly? Do you guys sit down weekly? Do you sit down daily to discuss savings in the the um the household? You know, that's one of those. That's still one of our struggles because it's it's sporadic. It's not nearly as frequent as it should be. And it's because, you know, stuff comes up or, you know, I mean, you know, we've got three kids and I'm not making any excuses, but. Oh, no, I understand. (laughs) You know, you, 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 you know, by the time you bathe the kids, get everybody fed, put them down and take a second just to. How was your day? How was your day? Okay, great. What happened? This happened. Boom. Wow. Did you hear about this story? Boom. You look up. It's 1030. It's like, okay, babe, we'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, we, we are supposed to do it once a week, but that mm-hmm. don't happen. If we do it once a month, then uh, that's probably where we, where, where we settle in at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because I'm the, the I'm the person with the tightest wallet in the house. <laughs> if I you know if I see a bill, I'm like, what? What's you know it you know that me that'll again that's one of my pet that's one of my stressors as you can tell. So that's when I start going crazy and. <laughs> Sorry, I think we are the same because I'm the same way. Like the moment I see bills, like I start cringing, my nerves get bad, my eyes are breaking out in hives. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Ain't do it. I don't. I don't want none of them. None yeah, of them. man. Um, yeah, but you know, when that happens, of course, then it's like, all right, emergency meeting. Everybody, sit down. Kids, yeah. you know, the kids look at me like that. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I would say typically once a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good though, because I was I thought you was getting ready to say something else, but once a month, I think that's personally, I think that's good to come together and have that conversation. So that's awesome. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna jump into another part of this. So um should preparing for your future, and we're gonna talk about retirement, we're gonna talk about five years from now. Well, three years from now, five years from now, six months from now, should preparing for the future be looked at as an emergency? I believe it. It should. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, different situations, right? You know, different people, different circumstances. But I believe it should be. And and I'm going to speak to my generation. The, the the not well I, technically I am a millennial, um, 
Right. All right. So let's let's talk people 40 and younger. Right. Okay. Yes, it's an emergency. And here's why I say that the state of our nation. And I'm not talking from a social climate because we don't even need to talk about that. That's. Yeah, right. You're right. But but from a financial standpoint, our country is in trillions and trillions. I want to say twenty three trillion dollars in debt. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you take this year with covid and the government, you know, pulling three trillion dollars out of nowhere to to give to people and businesses, which we still don't know where all that went, but whatever. To get right. people businesses, and you you think about twenty thirty years from now when it's time for our generation to retire, we're gonna pay that bill, right? You think about Social Security, we're paying into Social Security, but that's our money is going to the baby boomers, people that are currently yeah. retiring, right? So when it's our turn to collect. The money is going to be gone because there's more baby boomers than there is anyone else. Yep. So 10,800 people a day are turning 65 for the next 12, 13 years. 10,000 a day are turning 65 for the next 12, 13 years. Yeah. So, right. So, so if we are going to eventually get to that age as well, but we won't have a government program called Social Security to give us $1,500, dollars $2, $2, a month. We won't have that. So we also won't have pensions, which is what my grandparents were tired on, Social Security and the pension. Between that, they they living on $80,000 a year. Yeah. We won't have that because most don't, I mean, excuse me, most companies don't offer pensions. So if you take the two primary sources of income, that our elders are living on and you wipe those out, right? And mm-hmm. the cost of living is higher. My yeah. grandparents, they didn't have to pay for cable. They didn't have to pay for um, satellite TV. They didn't have to pay for internet and, right. and uh, Wi-Fi or um, security systems, cell phones. The, those are all like considered fixed expenses now. It's not right. a you got to have it. So once you throw in, okay, two cell phone bills with a husband and wife, that's at least $150. You know, let's say you can get cable and internet for a hundred, 150. Right. Then you throw in an internet system. I mean, um, alarm system, that's $60, $70. You're at 300 and something dollars a month of extra expenses that our elders did not have. Not to mention, we have less guaranteed income coming our way. So yeah. it is an emergency because if you don't self-fund your retirement, um, you will be working into your 70s. Now, it might not be hard labor work, but you're going to be doing, you're going to be on your laptop at working for some company in your home at 70. You know, you'll be greeting somebody at Walmart. You're going to be doing something. And uh I don't want to be that person. I refuse <laughs> to be that person. Yeah. So, so I do think it's, it's, a, it's a real emergency and it's not talked about enough because, you know, it's it's a depressing 
thing to talk about. It, it's it's a reality that it's easier to just, uh, you know, I'll get to it. But if the statistics show seven out of 10 people you went to, high, excuse me, seven out of 100 people that you went to high school with, only seven will retire. That okay. number is getting smaller every year. Every year is getting worse. That's so by the time we get to retirement, four out of 100. So pick, pick. 100 people from your graduating high school class. And before, I'm going to have money when it, when they get old. Four. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Oh, man. Those statistics just like, yeah. like I already was intensified on planning for my future. But now it's like, I think I just went into overdrive <laughs> because it's, that is scary. Four out of 100 people. Like that is that is beyond below the curve. That's crazy. And, and you think about it this way too. That's including all races, cultures, everything. We talking Asian, Hispanic, white, black, right? Everybody. So out of those four, which ones look like you and I? Mm. The number get even smaller. So right. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's and this is why I believe one of the ways we can plan for retirement is to harp on the importance of our elders leaving us a legacy. Yeah. Which is why J&G Legacy Financial Group, that's why we named our company J&G Legacy, because if, if we can go to your the parents and grandparents and say, look, how do we make sure we keep all the properties in our family to generate more income down the road. How do we make sure our state planning documents in order so we don't lose anything, you know, when people pass away in probate? How do we make sure our life insurance policies are adequate and that they're growing so so that as the people ahead of us pass on, at least now we can obtain assets yeah. to turn those into income streams to to, you know. To, to make up that shortfall that we won't get from social security, pension, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So, so it, it just, it magnifies the importance of generational planning, which is something else our people have not, they, we have not mastered generational planning. If it's, if it's not generational, if it doesn't transfer from one generation to the next, then it's not true wealth. Yeah. So, you know, if I can blow all the money, then that's not wealth. That just means, you know, I won the lottery and I was broke in five years. Then, then you weren't truly wealthy. Wealthy is I'm passing it down to my kids, kids, kids. So, right. Yeah. That so Sorry, that I don't know how I got on that, but <laughs> no, no, you're good. No, because it needs to be talked about because we're talking about planning for our future. And truthfully, I I wish I would have known what I know now at 19 because had I known all of this at 19 my thought process and my trajectory would have definitely changed at one point I was um going to school full-time and I was working three jobs and being a a waitress at two and a bartender at another I was getting money really, really fast, but I was blowing it as just as fast as I was getting it and basically overly living um, a over 100% of my paycheck because 
when the paycheck came, it went to bills, but I'm getting money every day. And that money definitely could have been um, placed into something that would be working for me now at 35, you know? So it's just because we're, we're not taught to value the dollar. You know what I mean? If you grew up in the church, depending on what church you, you went, you went to, they'll tell you money is the root of all evil. And that's not true. It's what we do with it. That makes it evil It's what we do with it. That makes it bad. Money is a tool. It's something that's here to assist us in what we're trying to accomplish and what we're going to accomplish. So um, speaking to that and breaking that cycle and breaking that, that mindset is really, really important. And I'm glad you got on your soapbox. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you got on that because that's very, very, very important. So um, Centario, what, um, let me see how I want to put this. Um, how are you preparing for the future? And what advice would you give to someone who's starting today? Great question. And I'm going to approach this from a my individual household. Okay. I'm also going to approach it from a, a, a family dynamic, meaning my close relatives, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, right? The people that are immediate to me in, in, in Charlotte. Um, and then I'm also going to approach it from a business perspective. Okay. Awesome. So, so personally, what am I doing? I am, I am understanding how important credit and real estate is in the, the wealth building phase. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the things I would go back and tell my 22, 23 year old self is understand the importance of credit. I didn't know. I, I didn't have any credit. Right. My parents were the, per the people that said, look, if you see a credit card, cut it up, throw it in the trash. Yes. If you don't have a discipline. Right. So. Yes. So um, understanding. Listen, if you have a home and how do you leverage that asset. How do you take equity in, in your home to potentially pay down debt, to yeah. acquire more property, to do things to where your net worth is increasing, right? And, and so focusing on net worth is what me and, and, and my family is doing. Um, yeah. You know, so so it's 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 two ways, right? While I'm saving, I'm also I also paid down all my debt. After one of the things I did after I had that down moment five years ago, mm -hmm. is I was like, all right, you know what? Why why is why am I low on money? It's well, so much money's going out. So guess what? Let's pay off the cars, let's pay off, you know, my student loan, still working on my wife's, you know, let's um 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 you know, hospital bills, credit cards, IRS, pay all that stuff off. Right. Yeah. Everything I make is mine. The only debt I want to have is a mortgage. That's it. Right. And now let's overfund the mortgage so that when I'm 40, I don't have one no more. There so you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so now retirement becomes a very real possibility at an early age because I don't have no bills. 
So I don't need yeah. a whole lot more to live on, right? So that's what we're doing from a personal standpoint. Um, and, and we're we're saving money for our children so that when they become young adults, instead of them coming to us saying, Mommy, Daddy, we need help to put a down payment on the house, or Daddy, we need you to pay for the wedding or whatever. It's like, he, here's a, he, this is an account I started when y'all was three, five years old. This is how much money y'all got. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. <laughs> right? <laughs> Leave me alone, right? But, but, Don't say but nothing to I me. Think, yeah, 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 yeah. I did my job, right? But, right. but um, so I'm doing that um, from a family perspective. And this is probably the most difficult thing is getting my family and getting everyone to to think on the same page, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I just had a I had an epiphany earlier this year. Was it this year or last year? Might have, yeah, it was earlier this year, right before COVID hit. And I just I called a family meeting, um, and I went to my grandparents. You know, they're the elders. You know, everybody still, you know, look at grandma and grandpa. And I'm thinking I'm talking my dad's side of the family. That side is very, very big. My mom's side is pretty small, so it's a lot easier. So okay. my dad's side is like, all right, we got grandma and grandpa, then their children, and then all the grandchildren, and now we got great-grands, okay? So mm-hmm. what are we doing as a family? How are we taking whatever grandma is leaving everybody? What's the plan? What are we doing now to position ourselves to maximize their legacy to us. And then what are we doing to position ourselves so that once we get it, you know, the next generation should get twice as much or three times as much because that like, that's what should happen. I mean, that's what should happen. Right. So, you know, just sitting with the family and, and talking about what my grandparents want, how, you know, when they long gone, what they want to see our family to look like, you know, what, how we function, how, how we move from a business standpoint. Um, we talked about that. We talked about, you know, just checking in on people like, what are you actually doing right now? Oh, I got an idea for this invention or I'm getting my master's. And once I get my master's, here's a career path I'm going down. And within this timeline, I should be making this kind of money so I can do this, this, is this, because my mom is going to need some help because she just had surgery. You know, like, just just opening up about where we all were as individuals inside our households. But now the family can come come around and say or corral and say, OK, well, here's how we can help. Right. Yeah. Because I think the family should be it shouldn't just be everybody come over. Grandma cook mac and cheese. You know, my mama, she bring the fried chicken. Grandpa doing the fish, the football <laughs> game. OK, that's great. But how, how are we improving our family? Right. Yes. And finances has to be part of that. So just having that conversation and it's not like everything was figured out when when we had that talk, but it at least mm-hmm. let people know this is where Tari, that's what my family calls me, Tari. This mm-hmm. is where Tari's mindset is. And and if you on this wavelength, then let's go. Let's talk right. about it. You know, at the very least, my grandma and grandpa knew this is where my head is at. So now it allowed me to start having conversations with them about what their legacy is going to be to the to their children. Even though it's not coming directly to me, I can still help and guide them a little bit. Um, that's so that's the, the the family side. 
Yeah, I mean, I wish more. I just wish we did that. I mean, other cultures and communities, they do it all yeah. the time, all the time. Um, you know, so that's what it, that's, you know, and, and things are still developing and coming along. It takes time, but at least we're talking about it. Um, and then from a business standpoint, it's, it's understanding in my industry how to make my business most profitable, yes, but also a more attractive asset because mm-hmm. at some point, either my children are going to take it over. And if they're going to take it over, then great. I want it to be as profitable as possible so that they don't, maybe they don't have to have a bunch of student loans, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, maybe they come in and, and they are entrepreneurs from day one. Great. But if they don't want to come into the business, then how do I make it as attractive of an asset as possible so some, somebody will buy it? Yeah. Right. And, and maybe that's, I take that chunk of change and, and make some smart decisions, invest it, whatever, so that my kids, kids, kids get it. So um, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'll never be a nine to five person, you know, God willing, J&G Legacy, which is right now, I mean, I believe we're doing some amazing things, you know, that we'll continue to be blessed and continue to grow and and make J&G, make it where the wealth comes from. You know, yeah. it can. Um, it, it certainly can. And I've got a great team, a great business partner. Um, you know, and we, we have the same belief system and the same vision. It's, it's kind of incredible. So to, to, to you, you mentioned the, you asked a question earlier about companions. Yes. Not only from from a marriage standpoint, but I really wish people would understand the power of partnering from a business standpoint. Yeah, it is. It can't be said enough. You want to start a business. If you have a business partner, now your expenses are cut in half. Yes, that's true. <laughs> right. You know, now, true. yeah. Now, now you don't have to know it all. You got someone whose expertise should complement yours. So what I don't know, he knows what he doesn't know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know that's a long answer to your question, but though that's the ways I'm looking at, at changing things for or improving things for my family. No, that was not a long answer at all. That was a perfect answer because you cover every base that I get questions about that most of us have questions about. Um, because now I I think what COVID has done is really like rip the sheets off of everything and has caused us to confront all of these things. Now, granted, all of us are not um, meant to be employees um, and some of us are, but a lot more people are now like, you know what? I can't work for a company that won't consider me and my family, even in a pandemic, I need to tap into my gifts and my talents and I need to go to, to to seek God to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. So a lot of people are now going into entrepreneurship, whether it's full time or whether it's considered their and I'm doing air quotes, their side hustle. But it's important to, to talk about all of that, because a lot of people think that it is 
that entrepreneurship is a glamorous life. And just like you said, you can make 2000 one month and you can make 10000 the next month and then the next month not make anything at all. So it's just the up and down of that. And so you speaking to that covers all the bases, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, that that is perfect. So Centario, please tell us how we can connect with you. Um, how can we reach out? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Email? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I would tell folks is visit um, our website um, for, for J&G Legacy. And that website is uh, www.jandglegacy.com. Um, I'll put it in the chat between you and I. Okay. Uh, so, so that, you know, I'll do that. Um, the other way is, um, yeah, social media. Um, just look up, um, my personal account is, uh, Centario Greer, C-E-N-T-A-R-I-O, uh, Greer, G-R-I-E-R. -E That's Facebook. Um, we do have a business page, um, okay. and it's basically J&G Legacy. Financial Group LLC. That's our business page on Facebook. Um, we also have a um, my my Instagram is C J Greer and the number five. Uh, and my email is C Greer at jnglegacy.com. Um, awesome. Those are, those are definitely the best ways to uh, to get in touch with me and and you know. I tell you, I'll put something else in in here too. Okay. Um, in the chat, it's it's basically. I think I'm doing this right. Is it? I think it's. There's a um. We've got a a, a calendly, which is basically an easy way if people want to just schedule a quick intro call to learn more about our firm, what we do, how we help people, how we serve as a resource. Um, yeah. They can click on that link and schedule a 15 minute phone call and talk to one of one of the people on our team myself my partner and we have um other associates some of whom you know and uh <laughs> and um they can you know just talk and at least get a feel of if we can help them and if so how so those are all the ways awesome. so also you guys that are listening these links will also be in um at the bottom of the description for, for this particular podcast so you can copy and paste it there centario thank you so much for your time thank you for your wisdom and thank you for your light and your um open your openness to be honest and and your bravery for doing this because i know we got some got into some deep pockets <laughs> of everything and so thank you guys um, for listening. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of the love and thank you for sharing this podcast. We'll speak to you soon.